0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Babylonia Media and our very first podcast series, The Entrepreneur's Experience. When they're starting off on their journey, entrepreneurs love being surrounded by other creative and energetic people working in flexible workspaces. So it's very appropriate that this series is sponsored by SpaceMade. SpaceMade transforms buildings to create enjoyable and immersive working spaces for entrepreneurs and remote workers alike. We in Babylonia have a space at one of the locations and have found it a great environment to work in. SpaceMade has accessible workspaces throughout the UK. Check them out at www.spacemade.co. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Okay, Entrepreneurs Experience, Episode 4. Marcus and Luke, thanks for being here. Uh, just a quick overview about you guys very quickly. Uh, you joined forces in uh, 2008, is that Nine, right? Nine? And when you were 17. You started Tavistock Tutors, which is obviously a tutoring company online. You got up to 1,000 tutors, is that correct?
1: I think we had more at the time we sold it.
0: Okay. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, need to, no need to show off, but okay, fine, fine. Um, sold that recently, about seven months ago, then started Central 23... No, you didn't start. You started that three years ago. Is that four right? Three years ago, now. And that's uh, four years ago. And that is a stationery publishing type company, so novelty items, that sort of thing. Okay, great. You've um, done your research. i Get ready. <laughs> There's a lot that's going to happen here. So the first... Qu- or sort of thing I was thinking about which I want to hear, hear more about is when you when we do do our research we obviously check sort of previous careers and that sort of thing whereas you didn't really have one you guys were so young I'm assuming you didn't really do any business at all before that but did you have any entrepreneurial inclinations did you do anything at all before side, side hustles yeah side hustles exactly Side hustles. yeah so tell me
2: go on do you want to do you want to share your side hustle well, what didn't we do what didn't you do yeah uh, clean, I clean cars okay Used to like rope in friends to help with that a bit. Mainly, so I didn't have to do any of the cleaning. Okay, um, that's smart business right
0: there. That is smart business. <laughs> so <Sold> sweet. <laughs> that's, that's a leader.
2: So so sweet to school. Yeah, uh, I used to get my cousin from the U.S. to send me those incredibly sour warheads. And so those, uh, there was a brand called Rusty Nil, which was kind of a cheaper version of Ed Hardy to sell rusty nail T-shirts. said the Rolling Stones one. With yeah, the okay. Tongue hanging I, out.
0: I used to have Ed, Ed Hardy yeah, T-shirts. Sort a bit of yeah. Ed Hardy <laughs> as well. Yeah. Did you sell me a rusty nail T-shirt? Do you remember? <laughs> that? I, don't know. I hope so. If <laughs> not, <laughs> if not directly, I hope indirectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay, sorry. Anyway, carry on. So you did that. Anything else?
2: So it was very scrappy stuff. Okay. Yeah, same um, here.
0: Yeah, it's a sweet shop at school. So, but you, d- you definitely. Doing a bit of business even previous to Tavistock when you before you were seventeen.
2: It wasn't really business. So sounds sounds like it was. It was a finding bit of business. finding cash from doing different things. Okay. We weren't allowed to sell uh, sweets at school, so I cut a hole in my uh, blazer jacket so the chocolates went through to the inside lining. Okay, that's that, but that, that is hustle. That's that, p- that's ma- mafiosa style. stuff. <laughs> 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 um,
0: on the point of age, I was thinking about this. What? Uh, so you started at seventeen. When when did you first employ someone? Oh. Uh, after university, so there was a, there was a long period between. So, so you weren't you were young, but you weren't super young when you first employed people. Twenty like
1: two, yeah. Uh, was it twenty two? So that yeah, 22? that yeah, probably probably was very 22. young. That yeah.
0: is very young. Did did you? I always wonder this with young entrepreneurs in particular. Did you have a bit of imposter syndrome employing people, especially? I assume some of them were older than you. Did, was that was that a weird one? And, and or do you, rem- do you remember that much, or was it quite it was quite easy? The actual
1: employment process, I think, was was kind of tough. It was hu- it was a, it was a hard decision to make. Obviously, it, it, it seems like nothing now, but Ooh. at the time, it was kind of like, okay, do we need someone? Why are we hiring them? And we, we went through that process to try and figure out, you know, what, what is this person going to do? How are, they, how are we going to control them? We're 22 years old. We were 22, right?
2: It's around there. Around there. So, it was yeah, it was, it was
1: a little bit scary, but ultimately, we knew we needed to do it to grow,
0: so we jumped in. And what was your first employee? What was the role?
2: She was a client relationship manager. So she answered the phone and placed tutors with students. Okay, and I actually found it that, that yeah, you're right. The recruitment process, I guess, was uh, you know kind of unusual for us because we'd never interviewed people for a full time job. But yeah, well, you obviously I,
0: interviewed the tutors, but never, but that's that's all sort of like a separate separate entity. Yeah, and then
2: also when we went from kind of working in a small room just off one desk, uh, the two of us, to having somebody else in the room with us, so mm-hmm. that alone was kind of. I, I initially kind of a funny thought, um, but once she joined, it was actually very comfortable. Yeah, it was super comfortable. We employed her off Gumtree as well, which
1: is, which is a it's a unique method of employment. W- why do you say that? Just because, I don't know, we, most people use job boards, but we went on you Gumtree. just went on Gumtree. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 the, quali- the quality <laughs> yeah, candidates. Exactly.
0: Watch out, watch out there. Sorry, sorry. Um, it's like an earthquake. Yeah, gonna yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to ask you next with regards to the employment factor? So... Speaking of you know your side hustles, you cu- came across or decided to do Tavistock because I think you um, you were trying to recruit for someone else or another tutoring company. Is that is that correct?
2: Yeah, so uh, a tutor had come in to help my older brother, and I overheard him speaking to my mother saying uh, that he had loads of tutors because he recently graduated from Oxbridge, and um, but he wanted more students. And I then kind of piped in and said yeah well I'll find you the students but kind of what are you going to pay me mm-hmm. um, and then I started getting a commission for it
0: okay and what and then off the back of that why why go to Luke
2: so I mean it, separately to th- I had a desire anyway to start something myself um, that was kind of a little bit more substantial mm-hmm. and real than kind of I guess the side hustles um, but it was uh, an easier decision when I wasn't getting paid for all the students I'd introduced mm-hmm. so once I felt that I was kind of cheated out of some of the commission that was owed to me, it was a no-brainer. And Luke was a good friend. We lived on the same road, so... Yeah. And went to the gym together. Didn't gym at all, though. Yeah, I was, was going <laughs> to say. Yeah, I, can I, <laughs> I can
0: imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, early, early I can l- imagine. I love that you pointed still at Luke. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I just, that just that looked, that it, looked so. at him. <laughs> him <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... Because <laughs> when you said gym, he sort of smiled. and went, yeah. Um, talk to us about... Uh, Early Tavistock sort of journey. How, how did it start? What was the first, say, six months process? What were the real, real tough parts of, of getting it up, up and up and running, so to speak?
1: The first, the first, the very early stages. The, the first things we did together was literally go out and bought a phone from Carphone Warehouse on St of High Street. Mm-hmm. It was the cheapest phone in the store, and it was a pink flip phone. And we started it with pretty much no money, and it was all about building a database, but. I stopped doing it. I didn't. I didn't even remember how long after it was. Probably like a few weeks. <laughs> literally a few weeks. <laughs> a few weeks a month, something like that. Um, and I, because Marx dropped out of school. I don't know if you, you saw that in your research. I did. You I did. did. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get, get to that. that. And de- so Marcus is better, definitely better positioned to answer that.
0: Okay. So so well, and then you were still at. Uh, I was still I at I was school, in school. And you you were day to day doing it no matter what.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, at the very early stages, so I, I don't know if it was a few weeks, but yeah, even, even when you stopped, I think it was a couple months I was still in school, mm-hmm. it was nice to have that, where, where, like, it wasn't kind of my full responsibility. So it was kind of something I was doing part-time, and that meant that we could allow it to kind of organically grow. Um, once I went on it full-time, it was just, yeah, I mean, very much the same thing Luke and I were doing, just more of it. So, you know, mass recruitment trying to find as many tutors as possible it was very much led by what students were looking for so if a student called another agency and said hi i need a tutor that could help with biochemical engineering the agency would say sorry we don't, we don't help with biochemical engineering or we don't do undergraduate tutors and was that the
0: point really when you when you first started offering the more unusual subjects as a
2: i think initially it was just a point of trying to make money but then when you know the 20th call was someone who wanted that more unusual subject we were just keen to make money
0: uh, but in the early days did you do do that a lot more and offer quite unusual educational services so to speak we did it until like three
1: years before we <laughs> sold it oh really <laughs> yeah. okay so, so you really
0: mainstreamed that as as you grow naturally
1: it, stay, it stayed that way we would just try and find i mean it, it got to a stage where if someone was going to call and find ask for something ridiculous although do have a great story of someone calling and asking for Coach. And coach I,
0: I read that you also asked, got asked for a FIFA coach we didn't actually that?
1: get asked as a joke we put up FIFA coaching on our website okay. and we had about three requests and we did send a friend around to go and teach at really? someone's house <laughs> okay, which fine. is kind of crazy
2: <laughs> well, what we found out quite early on was so after we started to make a little bit of money we then invested in the website mm. and to compete for kind of the mainstream subjects so take mathematics at GCC level it was very hard to have kind of a top Uh, ranked position on Google. But then when someone called up and said, hey, I'm looking for a real estate tutor, we're like, okay fantastic, went out, sourced a real estate tutor. And once we had that tutor, we then put them on our website and created a real estate kind of, you know, subject page on our website. And then all these requests started coming coming in for real estate. We're like, it can't be that busy of a subject, that we're getting more requests for real estate than we are for physics A-level. But it was just because on Google, we were the top ranked, website yep. for real estate tutors because nobody else was doing it so this, this was S- a, a seo
1: is very easy when you're competing against no one
2: <laughs> 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 okay i get that so then from that. there we then thought how can we like expand out in these like kind of more unusual niche subjects yeah so we just started creating loads of pages we'd go on to you know kind of university websites and had a look at what uh masters they have and then create Subjects, sp- uh, pages specifically around the subjects, okay, and then so the request so would come out Actually,
0: then? hunting students for really unusual subjects, as in university students to teach.
2: Yeah, I think it was more almost led by where <laughs> what we could rank for on Google. Okay, so so it's,
0: it was completely that just the, the the least amount of competition, I guess, is is the point there.
2: And no, but also we
0: got
1: random requests
0: from people, and we'd be
1: like, oh, it, so wow, it did that's actually fit cool. with the demand. Yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. did create a demand. Uh, actually, th- I think we did a bit of both, but yeah, we, in there were instances where someone would call us and ask something really random. We we're like. Wow, I didn't even think of that.
0: Yeah. let's put it online. Speaking of marketing, it's ve- it was very interesting finding out about all the little ideas you had. And actually, think when I think about Central Twenty Three in particular, it seems like you, you, that quirky element that you have, I- or you did in the marketing aspect for Tavistock, is, is sort of showing in the in the Tav- in in the Central Twenty Three aspect of you know your novelty cards and stuff like that. What were the, there was could you sort of just tell the audience the three or four notable marketing or PR stunts that you did. Uh, that, that especially in the early days that you felt really really put you amongst it and get, gained a lot of attraction. I
1: don't think any of the stunts we did gained us attraction. Really, I yeah, think the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I, I, a, I, was,
0: I would say the bike, or yeah. perhaps, perhaps oh, We we we, well, we it in a way, but I guess that a, that's a, easy. A
1: lot, a lot of what we did, we did. We it wasn't it wasn't amplified to a level an international business we were based in london so no, it no, i get small. that but
0: you but, but the the concept of creating that word of mouth which is so important you definitely did that yeah yeah so the bike was good wrapped a car left it around ra- left it near schools there were
2: great headlines as well when we great, got articles. great headlines yes yeah. so, and story. yeah the bike de- you know like getting articles in kind of mainstream in the mainstream media off the back of the bike made it kind of all the much more worthwhile did you do all of this in the
0: first year that these sort of these sort of moves of pens the car did it across uh, pretty much the whole time the game, because first say for six months again was it um purely word of mouth just referral 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 and then and then once you go oh this is this is a bit of a business here that's when you start to market was that the general
2: idea it was literally zero thought put into it it was just okay it was just very i'm overestimating you basically (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, fly, fly, fly. it was very over, like off the cuff yeah so the bike was one of the, the early things we did mm-hmm. that would have been in the first six months and if you look at the picture of the bike you can see it has no brakes the seats all scuffed up like the bike was completely damaged i pulled it out of a skip took it around to a friend's house who was always very good with his hands he was making like mini like bicycle motorbikes when we were kids so I literally saw it and because he lived around the corner from me and we grew up and we were very good friends, I just literally like somewhat wheeled it around to him. said, can you fix this up? And like bang a sign in the middle for my business. He was like, yeah, of course. So we went down to Homebase, bought a bunch of things and then like he did that for me. Okay. I had to help by watching. Maybe, hold, maybe holding his tools. <laughs> yeah,
0: just, just directing, just directing.
2: And then I parked it outside schools, but again, no breaks. So I was kind of. You know, cycling. Uh, like so
0: you you risk your life for your business. Risk my life every that's single that's time. That's an entrepreneur, I guys. That's an entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> we had a lot of fun doing it as well. Yeah. We uh, we like spray painted the streets with with um chalk with chalk spray paint. People still got pissed off at us, but it I did I away. Imagine, yeah. We went out we, with like, at like like
2: three a.m. to do it, and as we well. still got in
1: trouble. Um, we also went we handed pens outside schools and. In in most instances, people came and just got really pissed off at us for standing but too close to school. Attracted attention, right? Tra- well, the wrong kind of attention. Yeah, yeah. The police in some Really? No, no. we had a headmaster come out and be like, what are you doing? That would know? have been a great story. That would have it? been
0: a great story. <laughs> well, so headmaster of school came out and that just actually was not a headmaster. Didn't, really, it was the really cha- like it. chaplain
1: who came out of the school and was like, you can't be this close to the school. And we were young at the time, so it was a bit, it was a bit like we were on a pavement. What do you mean we can't yes, be here? And yeah. he
2: like, I think if we were this age, it would have been a bit a were scared. Yeah, yeah. It would yeah. Be, no, we, we would have sort of looked a bit more creepy handing creepy pens hand, out yeah. to kids. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I was The age
1: that. gap was relatively close when we were. So, so you look relatable. So, to speak. so we looked relatable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Did you um? Do you think your age was an advantage in the se- in the sense of obviously the, the the market number one and number two there was no fear with what you're doing in, in a business sense? Do you, th- do you think that was quite an advantage? Looking back now, because obviously now now when you do business, you're probably much more structured, that sort of thing. Do you, was not an advantage? Did it feel like an advantage looking, looking back on it?
1: For me, overheads were the biggest advantage. Like starting a business when you have no overheads.
0: is Okay, so, so, personal, so personal overheads, you had you had no real cost uh, of living at home, that sort you of thing. Can't,
1: you, can't, you come out of university, you, in, in very few instances, can you start a business making a little money and, and sustain the, I don't know, two-year run rate uh, until you're earning enough money to to live, if you were, if, yeah, married, or twenty-one, whatever it yeah, yeah, married and kids it makes it even harder. So that, that was definitely a big big uh, benefit and plus to starting up.
0: And, and you'd agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and but I also think the no fear aspect, like you said, like when you just did all these stunts, there was absolutely nothing. I nothing have well. the same yeah. still have no. I was going to say I kind of feel the same way. Yeah, now. you you you, yeah. D- you do that all over again, or
2: yeah, I think we'd we'll just do it on a bigger scale now. Okay,
0: yeah. okay, very interesting. Talk to us a little bit about Central Twenty Three. Why, why Central Twenty Three? Uh, and I don't mean so much the name, but why why have you gone and gone and done that now? Um, I would assume to some extent it's obviously fitting with the creative edge, but but what's the, what's the overall reason for starting it? It's probably less about the creative edge uh,
2: initially. That's an interesting parallel, though. I think there's definitely there definitely is. No, we always 100%. well. That's the point.
0: Sense. You know, what I was saying to you about the marketing aspects. You clearly do stuff quirky in it, and it and it. It shows, and obviously knowing you guys, it shows in in the cards that you're making and things like that.
1: I think I think like back one more step was that we were looking for bigger business opportunities, and we tried a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, a lot we of. We wanted stuff.
2: something more scalable. Yeah. And. Do you want to rattle them off? Well, all the ideas. Restaurant. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we ran this market stall selling uh, chicken milanaise, so basically chicken schnitzel. Yeah. And Luke and I would wake up at like I don't know, four, or five a.m. would be literally sitting there cutting. Banging out uh, chicken breast, breading it, and then we would go down to the, the kind of market pitch that we had. Wait, which market did you, did you do yeah. it? We did a
1: few. We did Camden. We did Paddington Street. I think it was I don't one remember one. my invite, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry
0: about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We really I would did invite. invite you out. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure you did. But anyway, it's fine. <laughs> when we
2: arrived, I remember one time there was someone selling like pulled chicken. Luke and I were there for like an hour and a half trying to like pitch our tent. This woman rolls up, and she just literally with like one finger, like li- like lifts her whole tent up, and like makes it in like literally like instantly. Is that when you realised restaurants? us? <laughs> that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that was one That's of when those, we realised pitching think. stools isn't for us. <laughs> okay. The, re- the the main reason we didn't actually end up pursuing that was there was this massive bubble going on in this kind of fast casual dining scene in London, um, mm-hmm. and people were paying extortionate um premiums to get into property and rent and and rent Mm -hmm. and the rates are very high and when you combined everything it was just absolutely absurd people were going to run a successful business for four or five years to pay off a premium yeah and it interestingly now when we speak to the agents or even actually Mm pre-covid so before coronavirus even you know was known a known entity then we, we were speaking to kind of agents that we had met at the time and they were showing us, or they told us about locations that we had seen that had a million pound premium yeah, which that were down to zero. Just
0: insane, yeah. Crazy.
2: So yeah. it had already taken kind of quite a turn. I think it was just, yeah, a little bit more of a, it's more equitable now. But and, and
0: other businesses you tried before you got to Central? Uh, we which is, which is noticeable, quite quite funny at least. <laughs> which is, which was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, t- tell me all of them. I'm mean, I'm genuinely interested. <laughs> like, how many trial and error sort t- businesses did you do before you got to central, and what were they? we looked into fragrance at a point
1: that th- a lot of the stuff was very exploratory, exploratory. we didn't mm-hmm. really we didn't really go into too much detail, mm-hmm. we were just kind of like analysing options in the market, doing a bit of research seeing what felt right And
2: I forget myself sometimes
0: it's true though, you do that all the time right, like especially when you're younger you just try a million ideas or you get, you, you do like a it's almost like a six week business and then you're like okay let's move on to the next 100%. one and I think that's great actually. I think the, the
1: thing that links back to what you were talking about before in terms of our quirky edge was the fact that we always gravitated towards things that we enjoyed because we always had fun at work even running a tutoring agency which is probably a business you wouldn't really expect to have fun in we we made the most out of what we were doing and had yeah. a, had a great time enjoyed it messed around yeah. and and it was fun and I think we kind of felt like there's there's a, a limit to what you could do in a tutoring industry and that's probably why we gravitated more to, to a business that that
0: but also, it's, it's also, around why why novelty items and greeting greeting cards and stuff like that? Why does that really fit? Uh, I'm, I'm really oh, cu- that did, there was no link. There yeah, was no link because I'm really curious to understand the, the conclusion of wh- why you've because it's such obviously so different in so many ways to a tutoring company. Number one, why why that market? You obviously like it creatively wise, but why why greeting cards? Why novelty items?
1: The only link is um, is scalability so we were exploring all those sorry what you yeah, what yeah you would mm-hmm. say exactly before. so th- that's the only link we were just exploring all those different ideas stumbled across across a product in Paris that uh, we actually got called out on LinkedIn the other day saying you know you basically copied them But whatever recently yeah recently Should we should we name them should we <laughs> no,
0: no, no. <laughs> you should do it. No, you want. No, it no, all no, you. no, no, you you no. They actually watch. said they
1: actually said uh, this sounds like uh, IP, uh, whatever. I just I, said IP. I said or whatever, it, maybe. Uh, obviously the courts decide, but there's it's a big topic: imitation um, versus inspiration. And I, I, we very much thought it was inspiration. We took. That's how so anything You had is no idea about this brand before. No, no, no. Yeah. I, we saw it, mm-hmm. and then we kind of created our own versions of it. So yeah, it's not yeah. copying. I want to say exactly. if
2: it's uh, inspiration. It's Luke's aura. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but so we made our own versions of this product that was an art piece that was selling for fifteen euros. Yeah. The components were really cheap, so we made our own version. The components were literally like 20 20 p. And then we thought, okay, we can retail them. They're fun. They were. It was a pill, pa- uh, a plastic bag with a pill inside that said things. Like up, like, speak French instantly. Mm-hmm. And that was the novelty item. Got them made, started selling them to shops, but no shops were buying them. And we probably ran around London speaking to, uh, not store owners, but buyers at different stores uh, for about a year and a half, two years, trying... Before, before you sold anything? Before we sold anything, but we never ended up... Well, we never initially, we never ended up selling any of those products at all.
2: We tentatively had an order from Urban Outfit as yeah, well. They placed, okay. they placed
1: they placed an order, we were so happy... And then we found out. I think we went out and celebrated. We did. We had had a great time. We had a great time. (laughs) We had a good night. We had a good good night. night. And then the next morning was really rough. Because <laughs> they didn't, they, they, because well, recid- you were hungover, or because, no, well, because they're they're the order no. got cancelled. No, they, they, it wasn't, they didn't actually, they said we are going to place an order, but they didn't send us an official, it, yeah, it wasn't official no, We official didn't know we were order. receiving
2: an official PO. Yes. This was the first time we ever did anything in wholesale or retail. Yes, you didn't know. So we difference. were like an yeah. email saying we're placing an order for 2,500 units. Like, we're rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an order, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, uh, yeah, I, actually, yeah, it was, it was quite a bit later that they kind of can it was probably a few months after that, that they actually canceled the order. Yeah. Um and that, I,
0: that was urban outfitters. Oh, yeah, I,
2: I think there was also during that period of time from when we started to then, there was a bit of a change in kind of popular culture and sentiment. All of the stuff was quite rude. Mm-hmm. Some of it could be, you know, with kind of mental health. They were like pills in the packets. And the joke sure. was you take it, it's like instant gratification. Right. So just for like the trend and the way things were going, they were no longer kind of seen as, as, as a feeling, yeah, yeah. Commercially yeah, it's suitable. Hard, it's it's okay. hard
1: also selling like Pharmaceuticals, obviously they're empty, but it, it pills didn't suit the. the, the so you store. won't be selling
0: fake pills anytime soon. We haven't, uh, no. never I've seen never. Like. Yeah, never seen <laughs> Um Another side what, What's the big big vision for, for Central <laughs> Twenty Three in, in general? Like what? Where do you want to get to, and and what's the plan? I guess. I see. It's a
1: hard. It's a hard question. Um, it's just because there are so many different components. Meant to be easy. You're right. That's I was about to say that myself, but then I thought I thought uh, I'll just let you go. go.
0: go there on, there are there
1: me. are there are many different components, and I'm sure we can both jump in. But one of the main things is creating a product that customers love, and we we have focused our business around fun. So when we make a greeting card, we're not only making a greeting card; we're designing a product that someone is going to love and enjoy. And and how we differentiate our products. Greeting card specifically is we include a sticker pack inside the greeting card so that a user or or a customer can design their card. We include a guide as to how to write the best greeting card that's really funny. And and we create an experience for them. Our confirmation emails when a customer receives them are really funny. And we've seen responses from customers like, I can't get this anywhere
0: else. Uh, So you're purely going for like entertainment? It's
1: entertainment and experiential for our customers. Obviously, Mm. the product is fantastic and and but but the experience uh, the product is part of the greater experience that we're trying to deliver to
2: customers okay. and that's kind of where we're at now okay and would you add, add anything to that yeah I think for I mean we've learned a lot over the past few years and we've done everything from kind of supplying multinational retailers to kind of selling yeah, sorry, keeps calling me on. to selling to directly to customers online so we've had kind of a real range of experiences and I think that we want to kind of take lessons learned and see how we can again kind of scale the business, scale out that kind of entertainment and fun factor,
0: okay? Because I mean, you know, stationery as a whole is such, so un, such an unusual
2: thing to get into. Do you, do you that was very much driven actually by urban outfitters, okay? So when they didn't place just, just the just order, just because you
0: got that first order, it's, it's a spark to, to keep moving forward. Well, they did the, the fake order they, they <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they,
2: when, when they didn't place that order, we were gutted. And at that point, we had spent so much time speaking to lots of different retailers, and Urban Outfitters was the only one that came close to placing an order. Mm-hmm. So we were like, we were pretty much pot committed in terms of like doing something with Urban Outfitters. Mm-hmm. And we invited the buyers out for lunch, I think, at Soho House. It was Soho house. And they cancelled, and then they sent their summer interns. Uh, their summer interns were kind of happy to talk to us about what they're working just on just get a free drink no we were sharing yeah. them that our product they were like oh lovely lovely and then well, that was it <laughs> almost just
0: writing down notes for ideas right? yeah. well,
2: well one of them ended up telling us that um because um, they were working in the kind of home and gifts area so we were trying to find out kind of maybe what else we could really do with them and then she kind of spilled the beans on how many units they were selling across their best um kind of greeting cards and I think that was a surprise to her before she started working there and then also to us to know how many greeting cards that they they stocked and sold. So once we heard that, we were like, okay, great. We can use our kind of design competence that, that went on all this other product and just put it on greeting cards. And it
1: was specifically celebrity greeting cards that sold really well. So we went away and designed probably about eight variations of celebrity pop culture greeting cards came back and they were like and this this was really your first
0: this was product yeah we had we,
1: yeah so we so we had a, about eight we went to them and they were like sorry we don't we're not actually allowed to buy that anymore okay we like oh
0: well that was a bit of a waste of time and and just on that point about all the, all the products you have
2: out there we did end up selling them cards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did? yeah okay. so, so, so yeah, we went back, okay.
1: designed some non-celebrity cards, and then came back to them with the non-celebrity ones. They're like, oh no, we can actually buy this celebrity stuff again. So we are like, cool. And okay, <laughs> yes, then so we f- sold off, a, off one card, 2,000, uh, it wasn't, it was like 1,200 units. Marcus and I sat in our office, or, we ordered the cards to our office, and we sat, folded them, put an envelope inside, and, and sealed them in a poly bag. Took a very long time. 2,000 <laughs> of them.
2: We, okay. I, again, had no idea. I, we didn't, didn't, we didn't realise whether or not we would have to literally go around to the individual 50-odd Urban Outfitter stores and deliver each box for the store. I had no idea that they had... was well, like, I don't care, I'm driving it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drive it. I want to see what it's like. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we didn't, I didn't know that they had a one distribution centre that would... Set, I mean, now it just seems absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, as Luke said, we would packing everything. So we didn't get the, the factory to send the goods finished. We received every single component, and we're folding the cards, yeah, putting them in each bag, adding the labels on. It's like nuts, and we sent that to like our office in Marlebone. Okay. We had no room in the office for all the stuff.
1: As we progressed, as well, we started sending more. and We started selling online, and we had stock at our office. So we started sending more and more stock to our office. And so you just had bi- bi- a bi- being of... being cheap, we we usually find deals on offices. So we, yeah. we've always find found deals on offices, and it's usually a deal on the fourth or fifth floor without a lift and carrying heavy boxes up those yeah. floors meant I didn't need to go to the gym ever okay <laughs> <laughs> it <mean, laughs> turns I
0: out I it worked <laughs> out quite well yeah. I prefer yeah. the word resourceful yeah know. resourceful, okay, resourceful okay. yeah what, what's, what's the structure now with central 23 do you have uh, yeah. you obviously got an office in Soho and then anything else like you're, you're, you're stocked in how many stores or is it 5,000 globally oh really I think I did actually know that. <laughs> your <laughs> yeah,
2: research. Yeah, that was all my research. Then we can cut that bit out. yeah, yeah we'll you cut do it, out. it. Um, you can dub it. 5,000 stores, guys. It's very yeah. impressive. I yeah, read yeah. that online. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that for sure.
0: Um 5,000 stores. The other point about that is, and you're online on Amazon as well, right? Yeah, on, yeah. On online on our own website and on Amazon. And and you don't have any interest in Tavistock anymore at all? No interest whatsoever. Why, why did you sell?
1: We, we had uh, an amazing business in Central 23, and we very much wanted to devote our time to it.
2: I was growing at like 400% yeah. pre-COVID. Really? Yeah. yeah, and actually
1: we we've hu- we, we were always planning on growing the business and hiring people. We've now obviously had to, hu- well not had to, but decided to hire people during lockdown, yeah. which a lot of other businesses, well, a few were, but many weren't. We didn't furlough anyone. And I think we, we did that because that was always the plan. We want to grow this business. We've seen the opportunity at the small scale at which we were running it. And now we want to continue that momentum and take it to another level that we kind of probably have. Well, we definitely wouldn't have experienced before.
0: Yeah, um, yeah it's, and, it's, and I'm assuming it's maybe, maybe ed- educational companies in general are not what you want to do forever. Whereas this potentially could, this could be I don't know. You, you part of it for me. Yeah, I think
2: it's hard to run something passively. So that's what 100%. happened in the kind of the year running up to selling Tavelsoft tutors. Mm. We had a fantastic business with a great team um, with a you know really good kind of track record over a long period of time so for the company that bought us they could see that kind of steady like natural organic growth um, but they were they were another operator so they were running they had three other businesses basically in the same space mm-hmm. and that they were three business partners or maybe even four I think yeah, awesome. and they were giving it their absolute full attention. So they would be able to run it better than we were. And yeah, it just, it made complete sense to us.
1: Definitely better opportunities for the, for the team as well there, just because they, there's actually growth potential. We were... You, you felt you hit a
0: ceiling. With, with where it's not so
1: much a ceiling. It's just that you, you kind of hit a ceiling naturally because you're not focusing on it. There was definitely... Yeah. There's, listen, if there wasn't opportunity to grow it, n- no one would have wanted to buy it. Yeah, so there's yeah. obviously opportunity there to grow it. We just didn't have we weren't dedicating the time yeah to it was you've it was it was more it was more there's opportunity in central 23 and there's opportunity mm-hmm. to, in Tavistock tutors and the opportunity in central 23 far outweighs the opportunity i all think we the, also Tavistock enjoyed Tavistock Tavistock it more tutors. yeah we 100 yeah listen, as you said we, we we're able to we're able to kind of try anything and that's yeah. a lot of a lot that,
0: of, that freedom you've had and still have as a result is great isn't
1: it i'm hundred percent
0: uh, we've we've
1: Central 23, as it's grown, has been a kind of testing ground for um, loads of different things, loads of different product types, what we want to be as a brand, how how fun it we want it to be, how rude we want it to be, all of those things. And it's a learning experience. Analyzing what customers' desires are through instant feedback on social media and email, all of that sort of stuff, which is really, really fun. Okay. We we can also we also have a much, much bigger impact at Central. Tavistock tutors, as, as we said, we had one thousand more than 1,000 tutors. More than 1,000, 1,000 1, plus. 1,000 plus. But, but there's a limit to how many people we could tutor in central London.
0: Sure.
2: You know, you're we're selling 1,000 products a day online. It's crazy. That's an amazing. So you're touching 1,000 different people. And, and and with one small tweak to the product, yeah. you make
1: 1,000 people's
0: days. Yeah. And you
1: s- and we see that live feedback on Instagram. The, fe- the feedback
0: must be great to see. It must be
2: so satisfying. It's so rewarding, really. and, yeah. it, and
1: it rewards the whole team because everyone knows they're doing the right thing. We're moving in the right direction, and we're constantly improving that. Mm-hmm. that process it's
2: amazing how customers when when you touch a customer how kind of engaged they'll be sending emails we've received letters to our office um we're just almost thanking you for We receive brownies yeah really yeah yeah it's like it's honestly unbelievable like the instagram messages we get the reviews
0: so you're finding as as you do more you're getting more of a passion for it it's not it's not subsiding the passion at all it's growing all the time 100%. Hundred yeah, like percent on a personal level.
1: Yeah, on a personal level for sure. And also that pre-COVID, we had people
2: show up at our office.
1: Yeah, really? we, yeah, we
2: had.
0: Yeah, we used to do crazy pre-COVID. We used to do crazy
1: stuff with customers because mm-hmm. we set our office address. Oh, sorry, yeah, we set our office address as a shop
2: on Google. So I was thinking of changing it to Luke's home address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good idea. Did you do it for like a day? See what happened. Uh, I'm, glad. Lu- I'm glad. Luke we didn't. losing control of that account. <laughs> oh, <unfortunately. okay>. well, <laughs> he could only do it. To so me. That would have been a good prank.
0: Could have called that some sort of marketing play, PR stunt. Um. Tracking back to Tavistock, and I think because especially you guys are even now young entrepreneurs, the the whole selling a company process, I think people would be really interested to hear more about that. Could could you maybe start just with how, what was the approach as far as when they came to you, what happened, and then and then how long was the process, and you know maybe maybe a bit about did you actually think it wasn't going to happen at one point that that sort of thing?
2: Yeah, a, a few years before we sold the business, we had interest from. Um, one specific company and we weren't ready to sell it. Not, not being the one that not not the one that bought okay. us. And we were thinking we were considering selling it at the time, but we weren't quite ready. I think it was also very much in the early stages of Central Twenty three. So and Tutors was the main thing we were doing. And it just didn't feel right at the time. It was actually a very good offer. Um, so should have taken it? No no no. Shouldn't well we, we got a great offer yeah, when we sold the business offer, but yeah, if if uh, you, you think at the at the stage of the business it was at at the time. It was a it was very, very good offer for the stage good. of the business it was at. Um, and then when we had that interest, Luke and I thought the natural thing to do would be to speak to competitors to find out if, you know, somebody else make a higher offer.
0: Did, did you, by the way, just sorry to interject there, but did you even think about selling it before that happened? Were you were you, were you at a stage in your mind where you, where you thought, we do really want to come to an end here and we want to sell? Or that... That, that was the first time you'd even contemplated
2: it. I think that was around when it became maybe a serious thought. Yeah, it,
1: it was It was never like, oh, we're done here, let's sell it. It was yeah, more yeah. like, well, this could be interesting, You know, sure. let's explore it, sure, sure, more sure. like that.
2: Yeah, so then we, we spoke to a lot of competitors, and a few of them we stayed in touch with, you know, kind of the past couple of years, and it was one of the, the ones that we stayed in touch with. We actually
1: worked with them as well, so we shared tutors and clients. Shared tutors, and okay, stuff. fine. A little, little bit of stuff together.
2: So yeah, I, I think having had that initial offer, and, them having seen that interest and then staying in touch with us kind of over a few years kind of allowed them to, I, I guess, kind of helped kind of bro- them kind of foster that interest. Yeah, yeah also legitimized, what yeah, legitimized buy. our yeah.
1: relationship. They were very confident in, in us as people,
0: I think. And, and and how long was that process from the moment they actually came to you to selling, really?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, well, we were speaking to them casually about it for a couple, a couple years even, no? yeah. And then it became serious towards the end of last year. Was it November? Um, around then, though. Yeah, probably would have been around then. No. And then uh, before, You're the really strategy, I actually can't really even remember. No, no I did. Wait, wait, no, I think it was a bit longer than that, wasn't it? Uh, maybe we signed an NDA yeah. with them in November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, at, so at some point, we kind of tentatively agreed. We agreed a price with them. Signed an NDA where because we had again we had other interests because once we knew. They were interested and it was getting serious you know we wanted to see our options yeah because somebody was going to come along and say you know we're going to offer two times what they're offering then you know it's important for us to kind of know what the the market the market dictates the price really so you only really know that by putting it out to the markets actually someone offered
1: us slightly more as well when we were going through this process but it was a real. Person, <laughs> actually, two people off yeah, lost us yeah. Two people <laughs> lost us more, but one person w- was super weird. Like, yeah, the, the weirdest, maybe we didn't say too much. No, no, yeah, yeah I was gonna say, can you imagine this person watching that? that. Watching that. 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 Am I To weird? be fair, <laughs> I <like>, think <laughs> well, now that person knows they're weird, no. Yeah, so, yeah. we but also, we were thinking, we weren't thinking about it solely from a financial perspective, obviously, that was. The most important element to it but there were other elements involved you, like you, you want, will it, this you want to carry on and actually do something continue right. yeah. will our
2: team be happy there yeah. and we also we the transition the, the likelihood of it definitely going through because once you're 100%. going into the negotiation if you're going to spend a few months negotiating yeah, you, and you find the any details, details buyer, right? you want to yeah. know that at the end of that the transaction is actually going to take place mm-hmm. so i think the likelihood of it going through with the company that bought us we were very confident in that and their ability to take it you know take it on do a good job with it so it's a combination of things also because we have the other business, Luke and I didn't want to stay on. And a lot of people who want to buy your company want the kind of owners or directors the, to stay, to stay on for a period of time. Yeah. And, and you didn't have to. You don't have to do any of that with, with your deal? We had it? a week handover, which is kind of very oh, rare. Okay. So often, I mean, other companies we spoke to, they had, you know, the founders or CEO, directors, maybe had to stay on for six months, a year, maybe yeah, longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also there was no, um, because they would be running the business from when we left, if, there, there was no, basically it was kind of uh, a deal all done in one go. So, so
0: what they were really, they're just really trying to expand their what roster and that's what that's why they took you on. So to some extent they're not even, do they even use Tavistock individually or are they just putting it under their bigger, bigger still, I umbrella? think
1: they're still using it as a separate brand yeah. now. I mean they might, they might plan to change that, yeah. but I think the idea was to, to build up uh, a much bigger tutoring agency that can kind of consolidate quite a few of the bigger brands in London. Um, yeah, and and it, and it seems to be working well for them, which is cool. We did also speak to a few business brokers as well, but those were the instances where we'd probably sell to a non-operator, and it didn't really work out for us. Okay,
0: okay. On the um, education front, I'd, you guys have been so immersed in it for so long. I did wonder, you know, when you start when you started Tavistock to now, the transformation of o- online uh, education is is obviously dramatic, especially what in the past five years in particular. What's What's been so different from when you started uh, until until when you sold, with regards to the, the way people learn um, and and sort of the, the practical elements involved in that?
2: You know, it's funny. So a lot of people ask kind of those broad education kind of related questions. Mm-hmm. I think just because of what we did was so it's geographic specific and also kind of socio economic. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's one kind of target kind of catchment. So people that can afford to pay sixty pounds. Uh, roughly on average per hour that live in London, so I don't think we had a big enough like data set to really see, you know, kind of I guess massive trends. Um, I, I, the but, but surely, just but was the, 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 the online factor must know, have been I think, there. I think there was a sentiment change years. from
1: customers mm-hmm. being willing to do online.
2: Uh, but we, uh, uh,
1: when it came towards the end of everything that we were doing, we weren't handling day to day requests. Yeah, yeah. So it was very much the the, the two people in the business. Uh, simon rosie who were dealing with those requests and i think based on general feedback there was definitely a, a big sentiment change from people who would be like online no my kid can't learn online to uh, online yeah yeah let's try obviously
0: now especially but now but it's that's now was that's now a, that's that's a force change yeah 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 and and that and, and th- that's what you sort of agree with that in general well yeah well i was gonna
2: so uh, we only know about now just from kind of speaking to other people we have no involvement in the business but as Luke said, there there was that kind of gradual change where people became more accepting of online. But I think that the all the obvious things were changes that you know were we became aware of. So, like anything you would kind of assume, kind of people became more comfortable with. So, like using whiteboard or intera- interactive board online, you know, if it, it, it's kind of trends that are taking place in kind of other industries or just in general that people became comfortable with, rather than specifically education. Um, so. It was still a very um, kind of old school type business. Most of the work was done face to face. So, yeah, we, we weren't kind of at the forefront of kind of ed tech yeah,
0: and you, you kind of making big changes. You just saw the, the, o- the obvious trends. You, you, you saw them. And um, I must say, especially even with Central 23 and Tavistock, you clearly, which kind of aligns, aligns with some of your quirky marketing ideas, you clearly are very concerned with differentiating yourself um i read that you guys really were concerned particularly with tavistock in the concept of teaching within a set of someone's interests is that right and and that really really interests me in general because even what we're doing with the podcast it's about trying to you know spark people's curiosity and, and create interest why why did you feel that that was so important was that just a personal feeling from your your experience in education
2: Yeah, by the way, I think Luke and I have also just happened to have always gone into incredibly competitive areas. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we've never found such a niche that like no one else is doing it. Uh, Maybe like little ones within our business, but not as the business, you know, the business as a whole. So we've had to kind of try and differentiate and stand out. In the case of Tavelsoft Tutors, we did that in many ways. And really, it's just kind of a price to kind of quality. So we want the value of what we're delivering to be better than what somebody else is. So we often looked around at what kind of the more expensive agencies were offering and just made sure we were doing all the things that they were at a better price.
1: We also implemented and our own, but that was one of one of the things we definitely implemented ourselves, which I don't think that, many that other people would do. That sounded like it was an ethic you really was, tried to was, push, like, was, like it was, shape the lessons it around was, the actual it was of the It person. was also feedback from from customers. And so I think we heard once that there was a, a tutor went round to the student's house and they both liked the same football team, and the parent called us and was like, Oh, your tutor is amazing got on so well with my son and then we started taking interest down when the calls came through so that we would then note down the interest share that with the tutor before they went so that you can build up a rapport as soon as you arrive because i think obviously during a first session it's about building up that rapport with a student to make sure you're on the same level and to make sure that you can engage and enthuse them in that subject mm-hmm. i think that was one of those elements that we differentiated or well, how we differentiated ourselves in comparison to other agencies. Just to be
2: clear, it's not the tutor's interest. I remember very, quite early on when we first started trialing that, we called up a tutor and said like, this is the, I think the, the student like Manchester United. And we sent the tutor to the house and after we got feedback from both the parents and the tutor, the parents were like, it's amazing. Like he, you know, my son, like, you know, really kind of, you know, hit home and, you know, landed and like he understood everything for the first time. Then we spoke to the tutor. He was like, "I absolutely hate football," um, but <laughs> but, he, but it was but but, whole, I, but it knowing it that whole, he his, his way of teaching, knowing that he, he liked it, yeah. and okay. it was a mathematics tutor, he literally just explained everything in the context that the student would you know basically be interested in it. Also it and also another interesting going, right?
1: and, yeah, another interesting point on that is a lot of our top tutors and the most successful tutors were actors. I think it's because teaching is a performance, and, and they could perform. And, and that's another way, it's another another element of performance, understanding what someone's passions are, so you can make the su- t- make the subject alive and, 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 and get them engaged and enthused, because that's what's so important. It's not the one hour that they're, that they're there, it's the one hour that they're there that then encourages what, them to what, study. What sticks with the student. What sticks with the student. And yeah. are they then going to spend five hours studying for the next lesson, only if they care about the subject, and the tutor is, is the, the person who's going to share that. So that them. then
0: became quite a priority when you were choosing tutors and, and so on and so forth
1: Yeah, I mean one of the priorities of, of like
0: and what what were the sort of fundamentals for on the tutoring side what, like what were you pick what were you picking obviously they had to be good at teaching but were there particular maybe s- s- slightly more unusual variables that you considered towards a tutor that you think made a difference
2: when I when I was interviewing t- it was very early on because then we we handed over to is this, co- is, is this the back-to-back costa yeah, I mean, days? that was so minutes? fun that was yeah. really fun
0: yeah, yeah i bet they were
1: they were they were, they were, they were fun days he's <laughs> reminiscing no, he's reminiscing costa, he's costa, reminiscing. costa was great costa sucks so much, though yeah, <laughs> we never spent fact. any money in these places either yeah, yeah so we're we're saying costa sucks they're like they were the worst customers ever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just came and used our seats yeah we
2: brought 15 customers to them <laughs> <laughs> which would be great we should have been paid a commission <laughs> we're promoting them yeah.
0: So um, let's not talk about promotion (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. We um,
2: at least when I was doing it, or even at the time when Luke was still in school, it was literally like, are they entertaining me? Mm. Like I'm dyslexic. Like am I gonna be? Am I falling asleep in 15 minutes? Because if I am, that's a big problem. Yeah. So it was just like their engagement, their enthusiasm. That was really what kind of and anything else apart from that. Yeah. Then it's
1: like experience uh, qualifications. Dbs checks, so the, uh, um, background, background check. Checks, to make, yeah. The parents were very keen on. on although I didn't really understand, it, you could have a background check and then do weird stuff, and then <laughs> it won't be on your background check because you already got it done. <laughs> yeah, so but it if, you, if you're no no if historically in thirties yeah, and you've yeah, never had
2: anything historically, then you're yeah yeah, yeah. A, lot,
1: a lot yeah a lot of a lot of our tutors were quite young as well, so it didn't make so much sense for them. But anyway, so like yeah, qualifications were definitely important experience also was so useful that was definitely a big sign to see how successful some, someone could be and we did take on people initially who didn't
0: have much experience but well, I was, gonna, I say, I was k- gonna say what weren't like uni students a really big k- well, like big access point for you in terms of tutors yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's more
2: like graduate you know students doing masters or further right. education yeah. rather than someone who's in their first year of university sure. yeah, and
1: university students also pick up tutoring experience as they as they study at mm. university Experience was a, a key differentiator between success success and non success. We did take on people who didn't have experience who, who were very good, but the people with experience were usually better. They understood how it works and understood how to take care of the take care of the lessons, make sure the student was happy, make sure the parents were happy, make sure the student's actually learning and progressing,
2: and all of those important elements. I think by the time somebody actually came in and sat with us we already knew all of that yeah so at that point it was just like engagement enthusiasm because we knew what their qualifications were we knew how much tutoring experience they had we got references from them
0: and, and just out of interest sort of a parallel to that do you apply some of those principles when you're employing people Less about the CV more about the engagement factor of the, of the person and because I, I remember checking something on your LinkedIn about how you're, you're really trying to change the way people work is, is that right so just talk to us a bit about internally your sort of philosophies there I've
1: definitely asked some weird questions in interviews.
0: I just like. Funny enough, a friend of mine, there's another episode where he talks about some really odd stuff He's like, Do you have a girlfriend? Okay, no, i not that intense. Weird, <laughs> but totally appropriate. Yeah, well. yeah, I'm to
2: give some examples just for I, context. You sound a little creepy. I, yeah. I'm very invasive.
0: What do you do at night?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's. I like. People come into an interview and you can see they're very, like. A very like straight you sort, you sort of put them out easy so you can understand so like i'll ask them like what's the craziest thing you've done on a holiday for example or what's your favorite song or, or you know, where, where'd you go on the weekends because then they start laughing or like giggling to themselves a bit because it's not a usual thing that you'd ask in an interview but you learn so much more about a person rather than hearing their bullshit
0: yeah you, yeah you want that human element you want the human you element the hum- to understand you're going to get to know really that in are. the end anyway and you want that them to sort of bring that out in the way they work right 100 percent, and I'm yes. oh, sorry. No, 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 no. That's. I think that's. A, it's a really important element when meeting people, and changing the dynamic. Just, just on the dynamic in general, and the internal aspect. Busi- having business partners, obviously, it's great. Is there any advice you would give to people who who about managing that relationship? Because obviously, you guys get along in- incredibly well, but I'm sure there is tentative moments. Is Is there anything that stands out with regards to how you really keep a good business? relationship going your friends anyway which helps yeah managing both sides do you do you are you quite specific about certain aspects of roles and responsibilities or whatever it may be have been haven't been like it's changed over
1: time i think as we've as we've got older and more experience we've learned well we naturally drifted to certain areas but i think we've learned to kind of uh cover certain areas but it's less so about our relationship and more so about getting more done because there were ele- there were times when we were both doing the same thing and it was kind of like wait hold on there's two of us we can do so much more if we if we split up obviously not split up completely but if we focus on different areas and then report back to each other as to what's going on and that's kind of where we're at now i think trust is super important
0: yeah huge yeah. Uh, yeah, would you sort of agree with, with those aspects blind trust actually yeah, really seriously yeah yeah why, why, why do you say that Just because, because like people, so I it's the loyalty element because then you don't have to worry about anything external about apart from what you're exactly you're thinking well
1: about. yeah also but like if you if, if like i were to go away for five months i would like be so fine leaving the business did you go away for five months no, even <laughs> to tell everyone that you love that he yeah, hates, yeah. yeah. hates it no no i'm joking but you know what i mean it's it's that idea of of you, you're so confident in the person that you don't need to check over them. Right? He doesn't realise yeah. if
2: he goes away for five months, he's coming back to no business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, Marcus, can, what are all these expenses? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're, you're away for five months.
1: No, that's it. Also, like, that sort of stuff. And actually, maybe someone was telling us both about that. It's like but Mike and I went out. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. Luke. Yeah, after the
0: podcast,
2: someone it got real. It got it real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> real. we started a new business. Someone, so someone so definitely
1: mentioned to Vegas, So maybe both of us, that they were worried maybe about their business partner spending or something like that like and like those sort of things and like that sort of stuff would never even cross my mind and I, I hope it's I think it's the same way yeah so I off the it. cuff
2: I just had like yeah an immense amount of trust with Luke so all the big and important things like Luke said like money coming in and out of the bank account I, I feel like I could transfer Luke all the money I have in the world and I'd come back to me a year later and he would tell me to the penny how much interest it's made. <laughs> <selling> <laughs> in not, his account no, but I I am no. on so that. but I, I do get that I think me. something that took me maybe a bit longer was trust in like the work getting done because when you're doing something yourself you're doing it the way you want to do it mm. but it's not just with Lucas with anyone is that you're just like relaxed that someone's going to do something differently to you and it's still going to be done really really well so that took time for me kind so of what, the, let, letting
0: go of, of certain elements of the work
2: yeah, when you're a small business and you're both working on the same area.
0: And you're doing everything at one point, right? Yeah, exactly. You're talking that element of when you start to what, employ people or, 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 or spread the responsibility, that was, that's sort of the element you're talking about. Yeah, I'm
2: probably a little bit controlling. So. <laughs> <laughs> did, 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 in,
0: in all seriousness, did you, when you started to employ people, did you really struggle to, to, to let go of, of elements of responsibility? Was yeah it, was, was that it's, it's strange it's
2: like Luke and I went from starting the business and sharing an email address mm. so like an info at email address to having our own ones we're now getting separate emails so you're now not informed about everything that's going on and as you start to like form departments we, which we have now yeah then there's so much on the day-to-day hour by hour that I don't know what's happening all the time obviously at a higher level I do uh, it takes time to kind of to let hum- it go
0: and just say well, you have to if you're employing someone and you've Decided they're good for y- good for your business. Just you have to leave it at that and trust it. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. That's that's. I was, I was thinking about the trust elements huge between you, obviously, but it's it's interesting how obviously you have to learn how to relay that down and down f- throughout the throughout the workforce. Um, I was thinking I about. I think is
2: respect. Like respect. Like we we debate a lot. Yeah. And we have very strong opinions, and, and sometimes they differ. Often,
0: yeah, of, often different viewpoints. Yeah. So exactly. Like
1: different viewpoints in a good way because if we had the same viewpoints, I think. It w- it would the, the, probably the relationship would suck a bit because it would mean it would that we'd be challenging each other. Yeah. We, we would be driving down the same road. Uh, and well, I mean, we, we have the, the greater mission is the same, which is so important. Because I think yeah, if the, you differ the completely, the common goal is regardless. If you're, if you're there on regardless. polar opposite ends of the spectrum, you're not going to be able to work together. We're we're probably here. With with, I mean, sometimes we're here with decisions, but w- we might be here on some decisions, which means we're driving in the same direction. But we'll we'll discuss uh, which which way is the best way to get there. Yeah. and I, I, I think that's a sort of debate. loop over to my yeah. side. <laughs> <people> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes in the office, we're like, "Come on then, come on then." Not here, not here, yeah, not here, not there. <laughs> um,
0: I was thinking about when you uh, first started. You were so young. Obviously, there's fundamentals about running a business with regards to organisation and stuff like that. Was that a real Learning curve, the, the the basics of what I call the back of house. You know, the you know having a proper calendar, lear, learning like in, intense organization was that was that a real tricky process in the early days? Do you do you remember thinking of instances where at one point you barely even had a Google calendar or whatever it may be? Uh,
1: yeah,
0: I I because it's because teenagers you're, you're not organized. It's just a fact. I think it's so. Gradual
2: progression. It so is like it's complete gradual progression. You, yeah. We started on like with would tutors. We started on Excel spreadsheets, and you know it was okay when there were kind of. 50 entries, but then when there were like a thousand, it became very difficult. And then Luke decided to color code them, which was like a novel invention for us. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's <laughs> even like it's even like the way we. And it is simple things like that. There's small tiny, meticulous things. things that make such a difference. Yeah, and then so you then. add a
1: new column that changes it. But then you get to a stage where you're like, oh shit, there's way too much stuff here. We need to do something else. Then you go out and look for systems, and you you build out your your organisation, understanding, speaking to a lot of people, other people who are doing the same things, getting a lot of vi- advice. But Google is by far the best resource in the world, Absolutely. and and you could literally or YouTube, learn. you can learn a lot. Or on YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. sorry, yeah. Why well, this is on YouTube? It right? It will be. Shout, shout out, shout out yeah. to YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Learn, learn kids. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no, no, there's there's so much that you can you, you can learn, and it is tiny changes that can have a big impact.
0: But d- did you in in your early days was that one of the first priorities uh, when you're employing people is, is find someone who can sort of manage logistics operations so you can focus on your strengths. I think we were think doing it was, everything. Yeah,
1: I think it was it was it was finding someone who could manage the operation because there was too much operations for us. Yeah. So it, was it wasn't
0: necessary that you can do it. It was just it's just so vast. Now you've got it. We needed to add. People. We needed
1: we let's say we were doing it. We needed to add a third person in to help us do it, mm. and that that's that was the, the first stage in growth. And then what we did, rather than adding, we probably would have needed I don't know, let's say four more people to keep up with the the growth levels that. We had we invested quite a bit of money in systems instead um, that just improve the speed at which we could assign tutors to jobs uh, organize jobs it d- had automated follow-ups built into it um, and that saved us a lot of th- a lot of that time so we didn't need to
0: invest so heavily on employees in the area do you, do you do you miss Tavistock at all and I, I, what I mean by that is obviously you'll miss it a bit but but did it really feel like it was the right time in every aspect?
2: It's funny because so much as ch- we hadn't been back in the office with everyone because both companies are in the same office mm-hmm. and we haven't been back with everyone in that office since we sold the business because of coronavirus. So we literally sold the business just before Corona. If we were a few weeks off and the deal most, I don't know, maybe maybe would not have gone through just because no, the, yeah, yeah, the whole have, world went yeah. into turmoil. So like we, it was, bef- you know, a couple of weeks before before lockdown. Good timing, I was going to say. yeah So very, very good timing. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard to say. I think it's more kind of the team. It's the, the team the, aspect. Yeah. Our first ever employee had been with us. You know, that it was a Tavasop Tudor's employee, and she'd been with us day one. Of, is that is that yeah. the one who you found on Gumtree? The one, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one yeah, who yeah. Kind of yeah. Yeah, uploaded her CV to Gumtree. So it's it's yeah, it's more maybe the people rather than we weren't. There's not because we weren't working on the business for kind of a year or so running up to it, and I hadn't been working. Luke, was overseeing Tavisock Tutors more when we just started Central 23. So I hadn't been involved in Tavisock Tutors really for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was, because it was kind of gradual, that, like, you know, kind of stepping back gradually, it wasn't like a shock to the system. We're okay. also seeing them so. on Thursday night next week, I think, or Wednesday night. Oh, really? Like, yeah, we're still, we're still... Like still, we're still, so still invo- you still have, yeah, have, you have an ear to the problems. business. Still, so to well,
1: speak. not so much to the business. It's more on Just the people level, involved, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, you know... Know, you know, okay. So Central Twenty Three is very much a business that you you have a big vision and and you're sort of doing. You understand the bigger vision and, and now you're sort of doing a bottom up approach. Tavistock wasn't wasn't like that, I guess, because it was more, especially in the early days, you just play it by ear. And um, considering those two elements, executing executing just a business plan, let's say, do you find? I, what I would say is. The advice, what what advice could you give people on executing, say, the smaller goals? And, and is that the way it worked for you? You start to find out that create lots of smaller goals to a, to a bigger
2: picture, is that is that what happened? Or My advice to anyone, if they're starting something young, would just be to, because Luke and I didn't have that experience where we came out of a corporate and we had some, yeah, so, you know, kind of a specific skill set that yep. was gonna really help us when we're starting something. So you, you'll find that a lot of consultants end up starting businesses, because they've been in and out of a lot of companies, seen how they work. So I think the main thing, if someone doesn't have that past experience, is going out and getting as much advice on as many different things as possible. So if you're employing people for the first time, like go and speak to people that had done that before. I ideally people from kind of the biggest companies you can speak to, you know, kind of all the way through to kind of another startup who's just you know six seven months ahead of you. So I and I, it, I think it was a while, you know, maybe it was kind of four. Probably only really when we finished university that we actually went out and started to seek advice. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, so we were kind of running this business for four odd years without really getting advice from people, and it's crazy to sometimes think that if we had started. I mean getting that's advice, a hell of a long time, isn't it?
0: Really. Yeah, you know, and, and you were quite a substantial business at that point as well. I mean, it wasn't. It was. It
1: was. It was nice size. It wasn't substantial. You wouldn't call it substantial even four years in. It was nice. It was nice. We had enough money. Yeah, we we had play, that, you're playing that down. We had, that, we had, had
2: enough money to pay for an office. We, d- we got an office as we came out. And to the pay internet. ourselves yeah. and to hire someone and yeah, to yeah. hire someone and to pay ourselves like you know kind of a starting salary, sure. which was quite mediocre. Yeah, yeah. Um So yeah, and the, I, I think I
1: think it depends who you're asking. Wanna, we want to do very well in life, and so it's, it's a yeah, yeah. it's, it's perc- No, it's per- perception, yeah. <laughs> perception. I like th- think know, for yeah. how much work
2: that we went into it, yeah. what Luke said, it was just, it was like a kind of a nice foundation rather than like kind of a, you know, a massive, you know, company per se. But also the market's quite small and niche, so for our market, we were in a very good position. Cool. Had good brand value.
0: Cool. Do you, any, anything to add on that point?
2: Yeah. Um, I think, I, I, I think I,
1: you, mentioned, you mentioned small goals to big goals, I think, yeah. There's a, yeah that's it, probably, that's is is like that this.
0: quite efficient for you, Did, or are you quite meticulous day-to-day in, in, in short-term goals?
1: We have um, a load of medium-term goals that, that we've never uh, reached because we've changed course. And I think that happens a lot in new businesses. So, like, setting a five-year plan, and this is where I want to be in five years, is great. But as long as you're not super attached to it, because things change. Or, yeah. or if you have an understanding of where you want to go, setting those short-term mm. goals is really important. But we've, we've, we've changed path so much. Our, our, our mission is still the same, but you need, you need to be adaptable. And I think setting something in stone is often hard because it means you, you don't have that opportunity to and adapt. And
0: I, I guess don't be a perfectionist, right? Like, like I think yeah. a lot of people get obsessed with that. Like, I have to be so perfect to start, but that's just not really the way business works. It's all, it's all trial and error, at least in my opinion. Did you did you did you think failure and trial and error was a was a big thing for you guys?
1: Right now, it's probably the biggest thing. It's it's it's, it, it's in central in particular because yeah, of what you're yeah, trying it's, so many products, test everything. We've we've tried to set up a test in every role that we do, and then within the role, smaller tests. We were just talking about Amazon today. We're testing so much on that platform. On social media, we're testing loads of things to see what gets the best response. It's about understanding the customer and then changing course based on the feedback that we receive. Cause it's also, it's not only, it's also the, the element of ever improving. And I feel like we could very easily say, all right, that's good enough, that's done. But ultimately we want to be like, that's version one or that's version two. Let's get to version 100 because version 100 is going to be better than version one or two, especially after all this amazing feedback that we're getting from customers. And I, and, and I really think that's how we're going to be able to con- continuously improve and, and achieve greater success.
0: So, so Often the source idea there is not what ends up being the product. Well, I,
1: I, I mean, often the source idea probably would become the product, but then we would take feedback from an initial release to try and improve that product and also when i say product i mean everything so talking about tweaking emails to see which one the customer best responds to it's all about understanding what makes what, what, what creates more fun for the customer because whatever creates the most fun for the customer is what's going to do best for us as a business
0: yeah your your attention to detail in general from what i from what i can understand is amazing it makes a big difference and you can see it in in your products now
2: when luke mentioned kind of like changing course just to kind of give you a, a short snapshot. So we started with greeting cards and Urban Outfitters was our first customer. And then from there, we went into kind of notebooks, other kind of complementary products that they were buying within their homewares team. But then from there, it went even further and they wanted mugs, water bottles, they wanted bedding. Um, so we were kind of going into all these uh, like products that we basically were driven by Urban Outfitters. And the change, of course, came when we said to each other, we're pretty much doing everything for one retailer. But when they cancel orders or their buyer changes, which happens frequently, then we're basically 100% kind of committed to that one retailer. And it doesn't really give us any uh, kind of diversification. So then we kind of changed course and said, Mm -hmm. let's focus on our few core products where we're doing really well and we're paying a better price because our volume is really high and we found the best manufacturers and we're adding in all these like great kind of touch points that we'd built over kind of a year or so. So like the add-ons and the yeah, that was There was definitely
1: an element there where we were just going into random products, trying them and, and and seeing how they went. But we weren't focusing on the, on the
2: finer details, which is kind of what we wanted to do. I think it's when and we went to China. We arrived at the Canton Fair. <laughs> <And> I literally <laughs> thought for the first time in my life I'd seen business. It's just like three weeks of everything you can imagine being manufactured. And huge... Uh, no, this
0: was very early in... in Early on, so in like year in okay. Yeah, so you're you're in, in, yeah, quite you're in.
2: Yeah. And I was like, we can make all of this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like everything. We were looking into socks.
1: Ah, your card, your card, your <laughs> card, your card, your card. <laughs> it was literally
2: unbelievable.
0: Okay, so at one well, at one stage, you th- you thought you were going to sell socks. I'm just. Oh just, no, just, we yeah.
1: we made them.
2: Are you, oh, you did. We made them. You don't s- now. No, we don't now. But Luke, again, Luke, that's that refinement back to uh, Luke is such an amazing ambassador. They used to go out wearing the pink socks for us. I, I mean, up. I would have. I, loved, I would have loved the pair actually. I, I said right. you go. I think I said you go go <laughs> on the right. sides. Yeah, I rolled I really, up my jeans. That's very, that's very you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, yeah, but um,
1: but no, it's it's that refinement and and kind of realignment. Uh, what we're trying to achieve, which is creating fun for the customer through experience, through product, and our product wasn't delivering it as much as it could, and so we went back and improved the core products we were working on, amongst all of the other reasons Marcus mentioned.
0: Do you guys have very different roles in in central or, or or and obviously there's a collaborative nature but i know some business partners they really really stay in their lane stay in each other's lane and don't cross over are you, are you sounds to me you're quite the opposite of that if anything you like you said you've got that big middle ground there's a touch on the either side no. that you that you sort of do yourself but no we
1: definitely have our
0: areas but there's there is a lot of collaboration as well it's
1: yeah. probably
2: it's probably
1: not a touch on either side i would say it's
0: probably about 50 50. okay
2: as we've grown it's become more defined
0: sure yeah. and and I always wonder this could you like what do you think his best skill is just out of interest
2: hey, what is my best skill? yeah probably. No, no, it's,
0: it's, in, it's interesting to know because just on, on the business partner sort of situation in general you, you, I think it's the business partner normally identifies the skill better yeah, probably selling okay would you agree
2: I, yeah, it's hard to say. Maybe. One yeah, of them. It's hard to... <laughs> one of many. And, and, and <laughs> no, no, one, one, one of many. Yeah, I didn't, say, I didn't, I say, can, I didn't modest, say many. Modest. I didn't say I can, many. I can
0: basically do everything. And, and, and what about Luke?
2: I think action. Just like the speed... So that's across the board, really. But oh, like... you going to say something else. Yeah, <laughs> <thing>. Action, man. <laughs> no, I, I just think like there, there's... It's a lot of people procrastinate or they come up with an idea and so he's, a, t- he's an executor. He gets so he executes and yeah. he's quick about it, yeah. so he likes to learn fast and move on quickly. But also, there's a lot, there's a, several things, probably how we've split well, roles at gave the moment. moment. One. Yeah, op- yeah. <laughs> op- op- operationally, I think he's very good at like creating like a structure for kind of people to work with, sure. and through. So, yeah, I, I think we've kind of naturally so Luke at sales, but I've taken over the sales, so it also kind of makes sense. Yeah. And Luke, Luke kind of oversees more. Kind of like our kind of back end systems and things operationally and like the tech side of what we're doing.
0: And would you say when you guys first started, or maybe not first, but after a few years, yeah, it was completely different roles. Now it's sort of you've evolved so, so much that what you expected to do and what you do now is two different things. I feel things. like they're relatively similar. Yeah. Like w- there's there's a convergence between what we're trying to
1: achieve because because there's, there's like we've got sales. We we have online sales. We have offline sales. We have product. We have account management, we have accounting, and then we have brand. And I think brand is what brings everything together, because it sits at the top of all of those things. And, and that's probably where we collaborate most. It's it's making sure that that everything is 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 refined and defined well. And especially as we we increase our our product spectrum and move into new adjacent areas. I think
0: that's where brand is, is super important. Any business idols? anyone who really stands out you really admire the story or just in general respect what they're doing maybe idols that i wouldn't
2: necessarily want to be okay go on and elaborate on that like I, elon musk is like definitely an you know, amazing person but i'm not sure i want to live that kind of lifestyle in, in what sense i mean it's just 100 percent work
0: yeah but no 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 work life balance basically
2: yeah, I mean, we, we're also 100% work. We're always thinking about it. If we're ever out somewhere socially together, like people will come up to us and joke around and say, like, relax, relax. You know, we, you know we've had plenty of times where we're doing kind of 100-hour work weeks. When you're doing something, it, to the Elon Musk is just like another level. You know, so it's like it's, he doesn't even sleep at home. Sometimes. So you, you appreciate his, his work, right, but you wouldn't want to be that person. Yeah, I appreciate what he does, but also I just couldn't be I couldn't yeah, do what he would, does. you wouldn't want to be.
0: And, and you any any standouts? i don't know like the, the,
1: the classic i just hate it so bullshitty you know oh, steve jobs you know like it's just like there, there, there are there are there's a reason why you say it. there are quite a few of the cliche ones who who i've read about who i've followed who i've watched their youtube videos and the stuff that they've done is incredible mm-hmm. but I, Probably even more cliche is my dad was a, was a strong early role model for me mm-hmm. in terms of how hard to work and how important it is. Like, we would go mm-hmm. away on holiday, and he'd be on the phone the whole time. And I think it's where a lot of my early... That's a good one, I'm using that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. No, no, no was, a lot, of, a lot a of my answer, early foundation... It's a more real-life idol, you know? No, but I don't have anyone real-life who's not spectacular yeah. in terms of in terms of other than, like, a family member. So I don't yeah. have... But, but it was, like, that grounding that you get, I think, was so important for me because it kind of showed that doesn't matter who you are, you still have to put in, in the work and put yeah, in the, the effort. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and,
0: uh, yeah. I think that's a great answer, actually. And then... This is a slightly slightly cliche question, but it's always interesting to to hear. Any particular books you'd recommend people to read in an aspiring terms entrepreneurship wise, or just books in general you really thought helped helped you personally?
2: I always liked Grinding It Out by Ray Kroc. the founder of McDonald's. They mm-hmm. actually made a not such great movie about him called The Founder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like well, I well, like well, the they, actor. Who um, was it again? Well, they made oh, it. I can't remember. They it. It yeah. made it
0: look out like he sort of stole it, right? Is that
2: yeah. You? Well the, book's did, ri- so, well, the book's written about him, so it's obviously, you know, it's going to probably be biased in the other direction. Yeah. Um, what I liked most about it was he was in his 50s when he kind of bought the fran or like took over that franchise from McDonald's and kind of grew it to what it was. So just to see someone who had, you know, an incredible sales ability, was kind of very skilled, really driven, worked really hard, but he never really made it until his 50s. And I like that kind of, because these
0: days when you... So what's the perseverance, isn't it? It's the, the fact they didn't give up even in his 50s, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and when you're reading about things these days, it's always kind of that young kind of person who kind of hasn't left university or dropped out of school who started something that's then become a billion-pound company overnight. And I think in most instances, that's not the kind of reality. There's far more people who have kind of worked very long and hard at something to be successful. And yeah, as you said, it's, n- it's nice that you know, someone could be in. Yeah, he still did it no matter what. Towards the end of his life, and uh, and and you, um, I
1: I really enjoyed Start with Why by Simon Sinek. Yeah, I'm Have a you massive fan of that. Yeah. Loved it. It, re- it actually
0: the purpose, really the purpose w- aspect
1: is huge, and understanding huge, that is unbelievable. Huge. And also recently, the Pixar book Creativity Inc. was really good. Why? Why? Just the story, how how he came to manage a team of i can't even remember hey, who's he people. he's the uh, sorry the yeah, c ceo- yeah, he, he? he was that's was the that ceo seems. of pixar yeah um i think till recently he stepped down last year maybe Oh, uh, steve jobs no 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 no, no. not <laughs> well steve jobs it mentioned steve jobs in the book as well uh and they reference him as a douchebag early on but he grew a compassionate side as he mm-hmm. got older and he got more experience and understood how to manipulate people better kind of you know how how to work with people engage people get get the best out of of them but that was amazing it talks about how he kind of landed on pixar and how he developed a team and how he um developed the creativity and his kind of rules for for their business and their growth and it was just it was very interesting from a creative perspective uh trying to emulate creative a creative business
0: cool (laughs) read those books kids um Stop looking into the camera. I'm not, like I'm that. looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. All right, one more time, one more time. i that will be, no, really 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 be good. That'll anyway, be good, that'll be good. Anyway, guys, in all, in all seriousness, thank you very much for being here. It's great. Episode four of Entrepreneurs Experience. Really, really good fun. Thank you for having very us. Very interesting thank story. You. Very clever people. And it was awesome. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.